true hospitality. I recognized that my family was different growing up, but I don't know that I ever really realized what exactly our difference was until I was closer to high school. You see, my family was what many considered blue-collar growing up. We lived on the poor side of the tracks, and with little to no higher education, both of my parents worked many hours to provide the things we did have. So years later, when the Lord called Dwight and myself to walk away from our upper-middle-class lifestyle by selling our possessions and moving across the country to Pennsylvania in 2009, I didn't exactly expect it to be a hard step for me to take. I knew from my childhood it was possible to have little materialistically, yet feel loved and fulfilled. However, the lessons I learned after that move were ones I hadn't really anticipated. Shortly after settling into Dwight's aunt and uncle's home in Pennsylvania, I made the mistake of dropping a glass bowl onto the kitchen tile. I was mortified as I watched it shatter into what seemed like a million tiny pieces. I felt so small, like a child, as I secretly scolded myself for being so careless with someone else's dishes. Of course, his aunt was kind and told me not to worry about it, but my face must have told her that I knew she was just trying to be nice. To my surprise, she took my face in her hands and forced me to look her straight in the eye. Then she proceeded to say with a very gentle but convincing tone, You listen to me. It's just a bowl, and it's okay. I mean it. Look around you. All this will burn up one day. I'm not upset with you, and the bowl doesn't matter, but you do. With tears streaming down my face, I accepted her words like a soothing balm over a wound. In that moment, despite my upbringing, I realized that I had grown to value temporal possessions over people. I had been scolding myself because, in truth, I probably would have scolded someone else if that had been my bowl. I will never forget her words. They were both a mirror to my soul and a truth I knew from then on I wanted to cling to. Now don't get me wrong, there's an element of taking care of the things you do have, but unfortunately, I believe it's easy to go from that principle to placing greater value on stuff instead of people. If you've heard the phrase, Southern hospitality, it may come as a shock to you that this Texas native had never really experienced true biblical hospitality until I lived with such precious people. I was captivated by how Dwight's family made their home, their time, their very lives available to any and all who came through their doors. It was not uncommon for someone to drop by unexpectedly throughout the day and be welcomed with a joy-filled hug and for someone to take the time to visit with them. Several times people would stop over at dinner time and be invited to squeeze in around the already crowded table while everyone else offered to eat less so there would be a portion for the guests to eat. They even opened their home for close to 15 or 20 people to stay during the holidays for up to a month. During that time, it wasn't uncommon for me to rise early to spend time with the Lord and find people sleeping on every available couch, chair, or a pile of blankets scattered about to make pallets on the floor. They opened their home to have Bible studies, worship sessions, prayer times, or just catching up while playing card games around the table. Their coffee pot seemed to always be brewing, and some people even kept their own personal mug in the cupboard so they could use it when they came around. Everyone who came through their home was made to feel like part of the family. I was simply enthralled by the lifestyle they lived and the freedom the Lord filled their home with. I knew that someday when we had a place of our own again, I wanted to emulate their example of hospitality. Now you may be thinking, well that's great for you, but I like my personal space. 
Or maybe even something to the extent of, my home is where I go to unwind and get away from the world. But for those who say they follow Jesus, the New Testament is clear. As Christians, we are commanded to share what we have and contribute to others' needs, especially those of the body of Christ. As Dwight mentioned, the first church in the book of Acts displayed this type of love and care for the brethren. But it wasn't just the first church that was commanded to such a lifestyle of generosity and sacrifice. There are actually several scriptures regarding this such command, but for the sake of time, I'll just list a couple that come to mind. Hebrews 13:16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Romans 12:13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Now to address why at the time we didn't and many still don't live this type of lifestyle here in America. I believe the enemy wants us to view our home, our possessions, and our time or space like that, as ours, not as a gift to be shared with others. Let me be honest, though. That type of mentality is just feeding into his plan to keep us segregated, isolated, and closed off to any and all vulnerability or accountability, not to mention it fosters selfishness rather than selflessness. We need one another in order to stand strong against the devil's schemes. So rather than remain isolated and closed off, it's time we begin to defy Satan's plans to steal our joy, kill our faith, and destroy our souls. It is time we begin living lives of radical generosity and sacrifice. It may be a difficult transition for you to shift your perspective of materialistic things from worldly and cultural to heavenly and eternal, but there is so much joy and freedom in doing so. Jesus himself commanded his followers not to lay up treasures on earth. Why? Because they will one day corrode and be moth-eaten. Matthew 6, 19-24. James even takes it a step further by saying their corrosion will be evidence against you, proving that you work to build temporal trinkets instead of eternal riches. James 5, 3. I know this can be a topic that ruffles feathers, but if I'm honest... I believe it's because we have become a people defined by a lifestyle of avarice, living, instead of contentment. Rest assured, though, the Bible does not lie. You will not be able to take anything of temporal value with you when your time on earth is through. 1 Timothy 6, 6 6-9 Perhaps you're like I was, and the Lord was already placed that gift of hospitality deep within you. You just need to see it played out in a real-life example for that gift to be awakened. I realize hospitality is not going to be everyone's strong suit, but that's still no excuse to hoard the gifts God gives, whether it be money, time, possessions, or even our families. He shares these gifts with us so that we can have something to share with others. Despite what you might think, none of these things are due to us like a wage for our good deeds or are trophies earned to be locked away until we decide how and when they should be used. Rather like grasping water in your fist, he intends for the majority of it to pass through our hands to those he brings our way. They are merely entrusted to us from above, a gift to be used and shared with whoever he determines. Unfortunately, many American Christians have bought into the lie that storing up for yourselves is good stewardship, and being rich is okay as long as you give credit to God for being the one who quote-unquote blessed you. I don't see it that way when I look at the parables of the wealthy individuals Jesus spoke about or the warnings the epistles give about desiring wealth. In fact, I can't recall a single scripture in the New Testament Testament that condones avarice, 
self-focused living as long as you write a check periodically or host a gathering a few times a year. Everything we have is meant to be used to advance God's kingdom and care for the brethren. So whether you feel hospitality or generosity or strong spiritual gifts of yours, or you have to really dig deep to foster such a lifestyle, there's no escaping or denying the numerous commands in the New Testament to show hospitality, to share your belongings and resources, to be available for one another, and to make time for one another as the body of Christ. If we as the Church of Jesus Christ would begin obeying these commands in His Word now, I believe the Spirit could begin bringing unity among us, and we would begin seeing the value of belonging to one another rather than merely valuing temporary belongings.